In case uh, for the audio, I am wearing a Hey Arnold shirt. Hey Arnold, Palmer. Titties, yeah, I palmed her cheeks like a good old woman's basketball. Because I can't grip the men's one because it is a whole ounce bigger. And for some reason, those aren't the only reason why my balls are deflated. Talk about taking the balloon out of that one. Or the air out of the balloon. Look at me, already fucking it up. Uh, almost like a Pennywise, except this opening is definitely not it. Welcome to episode 88 of the Off and Be Podcast. I'm your host, Clint. I feel a lot better today than the last episode. Um, I haven't even posted out 87 yet, but I'm going to tonight after I record this one. Banking in a couple because I'm going to be working some hours this week. So I'm going to make sure to give you and myself a reason to continue doing this when there's almost no reason. Wow. It's almost like I'm writing a Kurt Cobain suicide note. But Courtney just couldn't give him enough love. Maybe if she was Courtney from Hooters on Peach Street. Maybe Drake is the Kurt Cobain of today's era. It's a lot of it's a lot of uh, sadness in his music. He just decides to parade it with a, a lot of booty shaking and child's play. You know what they say. Uh, playing a child's game at a... At a what's a, what's the fucking saying where oh you're you're playing a child's game at a uh, ransom type of money I forgot what the fucking saying but essentially you're playing you're playing a children's game for a ransom amount of money um yeah and we wonder why people playing a child's game or a childlike industry that rewards. Endeavors and abilities that only the young, young children would ever dream of actually doing and fulfilling. Wonder why they act a little cool. I don't know. I thought about what what if I was a, what if I was a, what if I had $20 million at 24 and the world is just telling me how great I am. I would probably be doing the opposite of what I am now. I would not be doing a podcast to eventually make that income. I would probably be saying, suck my nuts. I probably wouldn't even listen to podcasts because I'd be too busy making that bread. And, you know, stuffing her crust instead of um, saying... Would you like it to be dropped off at your doorstep, or should I just go fuck myself? Now, okay, here's where I'll start today. So I saw this video earlier. Well, it wasn't really a video. I, it was a video. It was a YouTube channel I actually covered. So apparently, this uh, this is why I never did DoorDash, by the way. I did delivery as a job for four or five years. Never did DoorDash, and I never would. Um, there's a lot of skepticism with them. Uh, it just seems like a pain in the ass, all these extra fees and shit. 
And I just don't think as a quote-unquote employee, people like to call themselves independent contractors and make themselves more important. It's like, yeah, I mean, you still have to follow a guideline of rules to make sure, you know, you uh, can actually legally deliver food for them. So you are an employee, so shut the fuck up. Anyways, um, DoorDash is one of those things where there's a lot of fees, there's a lot of extraness to it. It just seems like not many people I know that do are like, yeah, I do. I make hundreds of dollars a night. Um, So this lady apparently... Dropped off someone's food, rang the doorbell, and it's pre-tipped apparently. Apparently, you know how much you're going to get tipped before you even pick up the food, I guess. Because everything's through the app or whatever the fuck. Fast forward, drops it off. He has like one of those ring doorbells, so he can literally talk to her through this doorbell thing. She's like, she starts uh, saying, hey, you need to add more to this. Because I drove 40 minutes across town. And he's like, well, no. It's literally a 15 to 20 minute drive. And then the news report actually did the Google Maps. And it's like five miles away. And it's like a 12 minute drive. But we'll even say with traffic, we'll say 20 minutes, right? She was demanding that he added more to it. Now I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe he's one of those assholes that like tipped a dollar for a $35 Delivery, and I understand, I understand that uh, it's weird to feel like you need to add a decent tip when you're paying a $7 delivery charge, $4 extra this and that. Like, I get it, but hey, that's the service you chose to use. If it's that much of a problem, pick it up yourself. Um, something, this guy tipped like $1.50. This dude tipped $8. And this fucking cunt had the audacity to be like, hey, you need to add more. He's like, no. Go fuck yourself. He didn't literally say go fuck yourself, but honestly, I probably would have. And I have a lot of heart to heart. I have a lot of, you know, I don't even want to say sympathy because there's nothing sympathetic about working a job. But I I feel because I understand the ins and outs. I understand the underwhelming tips you get at times I also know you get a lot of overwhelming tips as well it, like to me everything typically evens out and balances out I've had days where I made over 200 plus dollars and I've had days where I made less than like 50 but the two but there's been more days where I've made close to the 200 than 50 dollars I was fortunate enough where I worked but neither here nor there uh I just feel that That's just really uncomfortable, like, even if you feel, like, you can be angry, you can feel like, fuck this person, you can make judgments about someone not tipping or not tipping what you perceive, and that's okay. Maybe it's just me, maybe I don't have courage, maybe I'm a pussy, maybe both are true. I just don't have it in me to demand that someone give me more of their money. And although I am not of the belief that literally the idea of just someone tips you is literally, there's this weird uh, ownership type of relationship between the customer and the delivery driver where they uh, they literally feel, they kind of have you at mercy 
where I'm literally your income. I'm literally your livelihood, which to an extent, technically, but you also don't. I mean, I'm pretty protected even if you don't tip. I'll just say that. Um, it's just it's just a little bit interesting. I just don't have it in me to be like, bitch, but I have my money. Don't act like you forgot to give me your own money that I don't even, you know, feel a requirement to. But the fact that she felt really comfortable to be like, you need to tip me more when they gave you a pretty decent tip as is. I think it says a lot about her as an individual. But I think it speaks for itself. Fuck me. I'm not in this belief that... uh, I'm not in this belief that uh, there should be a tipping percentage requirement per se. I do believe there should just be a common decency like tipping line service where... Like, to be honest, I think 10 to 15%, it's fine. I think 10% is kind of you just want to... You just want to do the bare minimum and pretend you're doing your part. And it's not really. I would honestly rather not be tipped than be tipped 10% or less, right? That's just me personally. I'm not going to turn down you 10%. I'm not going to sit here and side-eye you or nothing. But I would honestly rather be. I honestly think tipping a very small, small percentage... I think tipping less than a dollar for something is almost is actually more disrespectful than not tipping. Because at least if you don't tip, you could tip negligent. You could huh, you could tip. <laughs> you you could tip your cap to negligence. You can uh, make all the excuses in the world. You can just be like, "Oh, I didn't know." Whatever. It's like you know, I didn't know how. I don't know how uh, these. I don't know how it works over here. It's like. Okay. And then people always say, well, it shouldn't be the customer's, it shouldn't be a person's responsibility to pay your wage. It's like, it's really not that much different than you going somewhere and someone's getting paid hourly. Like, you know, it's this big funnel of money, everything contributes to everything working. But since this is direct, that I'm going to dis, I'm literally a dictator with how much you leave today with. But then they will also bitch about employees who are going to get the same set amount, regardless if they have to deal with you being a cunt or deal with none cunts that day. They're going to get paid the same 80 bucks and take their bag and go home. I just find it a little fascinating that uh, apparently that kind of loses traction over time i do find that interesting but yeah it's the fact that she felt comfortable feeling like she deserves more and what's the fine line between deserving more and having respect and knowing quote unquote your worth now what the fuck does knowing your worth mean like who are you to decide you know your worth. Some of the like when you really think about the ego of quote unquote I know my worth or I know my value. The person that least understands your value and your worth is probably always going to be the prism that is inside that value. 
That's why when they make evaluations for things, they bring third-party evaluations. I can look in the mirror and tell myself, you got something here. And there's a lot of evidence that says otherwise, but you know what? I believe I'm worth it. I believe I'm David Beckham. And uh, I can spice your girl up. (laughs) Fuck you, Clint. But, you know what I'm not? I'm not David Beckham. I could bend my dick like Beckham. (laughs) And that's why it's uh, trouble with the curve. Talk about a split seamer. Oh, Jesus. Talk about a screwball. (laughs) Uh, Don't want to get that knuckle patch. But, um, look, there's a reason why we have a bunch of votes. And there's a reason why when there's MVP races or Heisman Trophy races, there's a reason why there's a lot of people that vote for that stuff. There's other people. You can't vote for yourself. You can't even participate in the voting as an individual. You just are a participant. To sit here and be like, I deserve the best. Says who? I think I, I, I'm i just weird of saying I deserve anything, right? And that's not, oh, Clint being old humble, old humble pie. It's like, nah, I just, uh, it's just weird to feel like, it, it, it's just weird to really think of yourself that I deserve more than what is given to me. Or what I have earned. Not to get into the whole, what have you earned? It's like, but to sit there and be like, I deserve more than what I have. Is the really definition of ungratefulness. And, but here's what I also understand. I also understand that desperation makes you act irrational. And morality really goes by the wayside. Um, The issue with money being such this driving factor is people will do things for money that they would not do to better themselves as individuals. People will go to great extents to make sure they're able to pay, you know, their next car payment. The things they will do to scrape up that money will surprise you from the most high morale people. You notice how the people that preach the most morality and preach the most giving back somehow fell the most at it. Is it because if we just preach about it enough that apparently that all of our bases are covered? Possibly. Or maybe there's some empathy or there's some empathy to I struggle with this so much that I felt like I should speak on it most. It's like, I mean, you know, look, if you fell a couple times, sure. But if you haven't gotten it together, stop preaching that you've got it together. Um, it's just, uh, I, I think people, well, not these days. I don't think people are surprised, really, what people will do for money. And how much a lot of people will succumb some things to make sure that money ain't a problem. Unless you can't solve it with more. So, 
I'm going to assume if someone feels like they deserve more than $8 tip, I'm going to assume she's struggling through a lot. I'm going to assume that maybe she's financially not in a great place, which is okay. Um, But again, your problem is not my problem. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be there to help each other in need. But it shouldn't be assumed that when you're down on your luck that there'll be something there to make sure that you won't hit below in the red in your PNC bank account. But if you do, and you're fortunate enough, then be grateful. But if you're not, you still need to be grateful. I know that sounds fucked up, and this is coming from a person who has delivered. This is coming from a person in that business. And I've also been fortunate to benefit the most off it from uh, location, benefiting the most, making a shitload of money for what it is. It's pretty insanity. Here's Here's like a dirty little secret with delivery is that a lot of us make a lot more than we want to admit. And we really kind of uh, not get away with thinking taxes, but a lot of the extra money you make, they will never know about it. So you're not going to get taxed nearly as much. And when you have enough of a income from hourly checks that where the tips aren't really going to be the main source that they look at, there's so much... Uh, gray area that you don't have to admit to and they can never prove that doesn't mean you lie or nothing like that what it's saying is you may not necessarily know how much you made if all your money is literally in cash if a good portion of your money is cash so although i feel for her at the same time seeing someone Feel like they deserve something more from another individual. Is very weird to me. It's just a very uncomfortable feeling. Now. Let's uh, keep it pushing to the limit. Um, you know what's funny? There's this in my room. This is so fucking right. In my room. I literally have a power. I have a fuse box. I've never opened it, but there's there's a lot of fuses in this. There's a lot of electrical, there's a lot of uh, power control here. For some reason, I feel like this is not for my whole apartment. I feel like this is like for this whole floor, maybe even be for the whole building. I can shut this bitch down and I can still do this podcast because all I need is a laptop to be powered. And this camera. And I realize. I could literally just ruin fucking people's night. And honestly a little bit of me. Feel great. Hear kids crying. Because you know. They can't uh, watch their Paw Patrol. And realize you know what. I'm doing you a favor. You know how bad it is. To be looking at a bright fucking screen. While you go to sleep. With little. Fruit flies flying around. You know how bad it is for your eyes? You know how bad it is that I have to parent your children? 
you know how bad it is that Clint has to be the man and voice of reason for something he's not qualified to have a voice or reason with. I think it speaks a lot. And you know what else speaks a lot? Ever held an ever held a baboon? And uh the baboon uh grabs your bananas. And I don't mean the one in your pants, I actually mean a banana. And uh it sticks it up its tailpipe. And uh when you put the Google Translate out and it translates from baboon language to English, human language, you're like, why did you do that? And the baboon say, just uh, seeing what type of audience I appealed to. And that's when uh, a baboon got a uh, type of friends deal, very friendly deal, you could say. What's the fucking monkey off of Friends? Marquise. I'm pretty sure that's not the name, but... Oh, Marcel. You know how much that monkey probably got fucking paid on Friends? Marcel. That monkey probably made more in those episodes. Which is always kind of weird. It's always weird how... For these animal fucking shows, these animal contests where you see the little pool the Labrador, you know, with curls like fucking uh, Corella DeVille off 101 Dalmatians. And it's not even a Dalmatian dog. It literally just looks like Corella DeVille. I don't know if that's designed, but you know what? Fuck it. Um, it kind of looks like a panda, right, designer? Panda, 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 panda. But uh, haven't heard from him in a while. I guess uh, he uh, got a little oozied from under the table. I guess he didn't care if you cried. And hopefully you're not his friends because all of them are dead. But anyways, isn't it kind of... No one ever wonders where does these rewards go for these, you know... It's like every Thanksgiving or Christmas, they have those fucking dogs running around on a little obstacle course. It's basically American Ninja Warrior, but for paws. And, uh, I wonder if they get, like, a whole LeBron James cryotherapy treat. Can dogs do cryotherapy? I mean, you probably can. Um, it's basically the Iditarod. No one talks about the Iditarod's kind of animal abuse, but it's cool. Peter's like, oh, look at them. They look so cute. We're going to make a movie called Snow Dogs. It's like, all right, go fuck you. Um, but the Iditarod. Uh, no, anyways. But yeah, where do these prizes go to? They don't go to the dog. It's not like they could put it in a fund where it's proven that every single purchase is made for that dog. No. Animal owners are basically conservatorships for animals. The same way we had issues with Britney Spears' dad, which we should have, having full control over finances and life. And there should have been a third party monitoring the expenses that her dad was quote-unquote observing. 
That's the thing. There should be third party on top of second party. We're just cool. It's basically like a. It's basically like. It's basically like a Brian Kelly getting a fucking ten-year ninety-five, or Lincoln Riley getting these ten-year hundred-plus million-dollar contracts. Now with the NIL. You know, it's a little bit different, but look, they're still not making, like, money money. Let's keep it real about it. But it's weird how we talk about student loans. I don't understand student loans is really separate companies because the companies that you actually take money off, they make sure they pay the school. The school's good. The student loans is a complete separate entity you have to deal with. Uh, I just decided not to. That is a great lake I do not want to dive in. Don't call me baby unless you need $6,300 from me. Uh, but uh, let's just say they are not a, a ponding to deal with, as uh, the young whippersnappers say. Um, but it's a. Uh, I find it interesting when people always want to talk about college athletes, the Division One football and stuff like that, and basketball. They're so absurd that they get that they're getting this money and stuff. And we always talk about we have all this student loan problem and all this shit, and yet all these coaches are getting hundred million dollar contracts. Maybe finances aren't struggling that much, and I understand that's. Really only a small percentage that could give $100 million over a decade to a coach and all this shit. I just... You're... St- just don't sit here and tell me that it would be absurd to give, to reward or award a college athlete $20,000 a year. Each athlete. If you can give a coach 10, 12 million dollars to go 10 and 2 and not even fucking win the big game and not even really take your team there, they just make it interesting. You know, ride the wave. Get a little uh get a little Sputnik in their step. Except the stars always seem to align to align for when they need to get paid. Um I also find it funny when they always say, like when Brian Kelly left and all of them, they always they always talk about, well, you know, the players are what matter. The players play. The players are what matters out there. It's like, yeah, so you're saying players are the reason why you're successful and you get all this money, but the coach gets all the reward and you just admit that the players are the reason why. You've been successful. But okay. It's kind of a weird dynamic. It's weird that it's just accepted. Hey, I know you're the only reason why anyone gives a fuck about me. Why anyone thinks I'm actually half decent at this. I know y'all are fucking amazing. And I'm just, heh. I just, uh, quote unquote, motivate you. Or quote unquote, use generic terms like, I'll put you in positions to succeed. It's like, well, I mean, I, I don't. I would have a problem 
you know how dumb you would have to be to not put someone in a position to succeed? You're going to put a guy who runs a 4-3 and you're going to waste him and put him at, like, long snapper? No. What do you mean positions to succeed? The positions are carved out for them. Oh, we're going to only put them in offenses that fit their skill set. It's like, well, no fucking shit. Why would you teach? Why, why if you're in a history class and you're teaching about the 17 to 1800s, and then on test day, everything you've been going over, you gave them a study guide, you gave them the whole breakdown of what they need to study for a test. And then all of a sudden, you make them take a Spanish test. And you're like, hey, you know all that shit I just taught you? Nah, they're actually going to do Spanish. It's like, we didn't even learn about the Spanish. So what does this correlate? It absolutely doesn't. But hey, I expect you guys to succeed. Like, it's re- like this stuff's really not that hard. I'm not saying coaches shouldn't get paid. What I am saying is I don't want to hear about athletes have everything. It's like the uh, they and these coaches have issues even with NIL or even the ones that have come around, but you can tell they prefer not to and they try to pull that education shit. It's like you can't say they're getting all this education, but then you require 12 hours of their fucking day to be dedicated to something so you can get paid. Imagine that. And people always want to bring, uh, quote unquote, real world business. It's like, yeah, you know what? Real world business. You want to get real about real world business, real world business, real world business, real world business. Yeah, I repeat it five times because I want to make sure I say it correctly. Stutter step. After a while, when you feel like, hey, um... A lot of people that are really good at this get paid a lot. Why don't I get paid? It's like, but you work for a great fucking company. You get health insurance. So shut the fuck up. It's like, yeah. But if I just got paid what they got paid, I wouldn't need your fucking health insurance. It's like, hey, we're giving you health insurance. Shut the fuck up. You ungrateful sack of shit. It's like, I kind of work 10, 12 hours a day. It's like, I I don't want to hear it. You know why? Because it's free labor. And although it is fun to play football, it is fun to play basketball. And it's okay that we've just made this system and we just accept it. I'm not even saying there should be like salaries and stuff. What I am saying is that don't sit here and tell me that it's okay for a coach to be making hundreds of millions of dollars. While their players get essentially none of the university money. All their money they had all the money that players get has to be outside. It has to be dealerships. It has to be sponsors and commercials. Everything outside of the university. Because the payment is this education that they can't even really take advantage of more times than not, especially the bigger the program you play where the dedication to football has to be obscene. So, but you know what? What the fuck do I know? Shut up and throw a spiral, you sack of shit. 
That's what they tell you. Uh. Oh. Um, so, have you ever been in a drive-thru? What is the longest you'll wait in a drive-thru for food? I used to tell myself, I, first of all, let me tell you, I hate drive-thrus in general, right? The only time I go through a drive-thru is if it's past midnight, the dining is closed in a place, and I don't have a choice. If I have a choice, I will always go inside. And sometimes, if the inside's not open, the drive-thru is, I'll just decide, you know what, I'm good. I'll go to a gas station. I'll go to Quick Trip, grab a taquito, shove it up my throat, and uh, shit it out 10 minutes later and say, Sriracha Ranch, baby. Sriracha. Let the baby twist on the twister. Talk about twist the sister. <laughs> Um, but what's the longest you'll wait? Because I'll be honest, it's grown on me. There's, there is kind of a beauty of just sitting in a drive-thru, waiting as excessively longer than you need to. Like, I don't care if it's wrapped around the building. If it's wrapped around the building in a typical size of a Taco Bell, a KFC, Crystal's, you know, even if it's wrapped around the building, shouldn't probably have to wait more than 23 minutes. Even at the slowest pace possible. But you know what? Once you start getting at 30, 35, and once you hit that 40 plus, it's like, oh. All you are doing is thinking about how sad and pathetic am I. That I am willing to wait 40 minutes for food that literally does nothing for me. It actually hurts me. It actually causes cancer. It actually makes you grow titties. And I don't mean the ones that be like yucker. I mean the ones where uh, when you you take off your shirt, they're like, oh, it's been a rough time for you, hasn't it? I'm here for you anytime you need it. It's like, nah, I've just had a few. Too many Crunchwrap Supremes in the past couple months. Relax. And they're like, oh, you stanky fuck. You smell like it too. It's like, ah, thought I showered. But okay. Watch. Soon they're going to have like body wash of like Crunchwrap Supreme body wash. And you know what? I'm going to try it out. Um, But when is it too long to wait in the drive-thru? What is the number? Maybe it's not really a number. Maybe it's uh, the type of place it is and you make a judgment and you see like, it's this feeling like, I just feel like this should be going a little bit quicker. You don't want to be trapped in the drive-thru, even in the music video trapped in the drive-thru. The song is what, 11, 13 minutes long? And that whole situation took forever. Just singing, talking. Granted, not much of a line, but hey. What you trying to do blind me? Which, by the way, everyone in drive the lines. Always from behind is trying to blind you. And, but look, um, when is it sad? 
Should there be a self-worth? <laughs> wow, funny how I wrapped around that. Is there a self-worth? Is there a self-evaluation period where you're like, this is sad. This is going beyond my moral clauses. This is going beyond everything I ever said I wouldn't do. And I'm not even excessively hungry. I just want to get a few things just to cap the night away. Helps me sleep. That's what we all try to tell ourselves. It helps me sleep. It's like, yeah. And one day, it's going to help you sleep for a very, very long time. And I'm not talking about your sleep apnea machine. The reason why you have trouble breathing when you sleep is because, uh, you like shit for most of us. But if you go quickly and it's a five minute trip, boom, pull up after a couple cars, get your shit, go to the window, get out. You know what? You could justify a little bit. It was a quick interaction. You regret it. Boom. Keep it moving. When you make a 35 plus minute where you get 35 plus minutes to change your mind. Well, I should say 28 minutes because once you get into a little barrier where you can't really back out, you're kind of stuck. And you're not going to go through and get to the freaking intercom machine after waiting 28 minutes and be like, you know what? I changed my mind. I want better for myself. Now, you've already made a decision that you did not want better for yourself. And you know what? That's okay. Join the club of sad, pathetic people waiting to eat this trash food. And by the way, why is your Doritos Locos Taco? Why is the bottom always cracked when I take the first bite and all the beef just falls onto the fucking wrapper? It's cool, though. Um, it's Clint's getting spicy, but not chose. <laughs> not for chose. Um, chosen one. <laughs> and But when has it gone too far? Should there be just an internal barometer where you know that should be one of those turning points. Like if you're struggling with losing weight, you're struggling with things. When you're sitting those lines, ordering food that fucks up your diet, you know it's going to fuck up your next morning. You know it's going to make your body not feel great. And you follow through with that after 30, 35 minutes. One, you may have a problem. Two, um, you're in a dark place in life. And three, you absolutely have no self-respect for each other, for yourself. You have no self-respect or self-worth for yourself. All that shit, when you want to talk about self-worth and self-respect, if you wait more than 30, 35 minutes in the drive-thru, you have absolutely none of mine, and you should have absolutely none of yourself, because you have absolutely none from anyone. Everyone in that line has no respect for anyone that has waited as long as they have, and we've all done it. But we justify as we're sitting there in our car listening to Chris Long on a podcast. Mark, we're sitting there listening to sh- music or whatever the hell. We're sitting there, and we try to justify like, you know what? I'm already, I've already been here 15 minutes. You know, I gotta at least see it through. You try to be like, I'm gonna be the guy to see it through. You know what? You don't have to see through everything. 
It's like if you've been on eight dates with a girl, you finally take her home, she pulls down her pants and realizes, wow, her dick's bigger than mine. You know what? You don't have to see it through because you felt attached to her personality. You know what? You take the L, kick her out, maybe let her suck it a little. Call it a day. Or a night. Talk about a nightcap. But you're probably going to regret waiting in that drive-thru more than you're going to regret finding out that she was not exactly uh, equipped the way that you thought she was. But maybe next time you're in line, maybe just take out this eight-minute segment and play that eight minutes while you're waiting. And if you play the eight minutes and you still stay in line, much respect for you for having conviction. You have respect for me for having conviction, and you would rather be wrong. And you, I shouldn't say, you would rather be wrong to admit you're wrong, which you know what? I respect. I respect anyone that says, fuck you. I'm getting this shit. Respect. But just know, I was here to help you. But hey, what the fuck do I know? All I'm doing is watch out after your health, bad habits, you know. Fuck me though, you know. Use your time more sufficiently. When you get off work, just go to fuck home. You ever, you ever, the number one, the first thing you should do when you get off work, you shouldn't, there's only a few times, maybe you go by the grocery store, have to get stuff for that. The only time you should not go straight home when you get off of work is if you're getting stuff that is for the home. And I don't mean peace of mind. I mean, you actually need shit for the home. And if you don't bring it home, you're going to have no peace of mind. You don't want to go home and shell on the toilet and realize, fuck. Forgot to get my diapers. And on that note, we are going to wrap this up. Like a grilled cheese burrito. God damn, that fucking cheese and sauce mixture is so fucking good. Someone please help me. So, one of my biggest fears is waiting in the drive-thru and it breaks down when you're in, in between like the concrete drive-thru waves. That's like my worst fear. Because like, what happens if I break down? Then I have a bunch of people that are angry behind me. I have nowhere to go. And... People angry late at night getting food they shouldn't eat instead of having to settle in and go home and eat some uh, pre-frozen garlic bread. It's a, not a trade-off you want to be responsible for. Responsibility is overrated. It just is. I don't believe you should always want to move up in a company if you don't want to. Higher pay doesn't always actually equal to better life. I'll take a little less play. I'll take a little less pay. Have more of a work-life balance. Less responsibility. And call it a day. There's nothing wrong with that. This whole, oh, you should always try to move up in the company. It's like, if you want to. And if the pay is absurdly better, maybe. 
But if you don't have a vision for that company, you don't want to ingrain just because once you move up, I mean, it's over for you. You've given your life to the game. Yeah, they're going to, but they literally buy you with their checks. And that's okay. But just know, like, your work life balance is over. Your potential to want to do anything outside of it, it's over. Once you've. Once you've taken a position where they actually are unhappy when you fuck up and it actually affects their livelihood of their business, like, yeah, not what you're looking for. Responsibility is not that cool. I actually think avoiding responsibility at every turn is always the way to go. Now, if you have responsibility that comes to your lap, you have to do what you got to do. I'm not saying, you know, hey, it's cool to avoid, you know, seeing your child again. Spend four months, go see your child. Um, not exactly good for your probation and child support. They're going to make you. They're going to squeeze it out of you, bud. Might as well go see him and at least be like, at least hate the reason why you hate his mother in person. Um, but like, At least tell him, I hate your fucking mother. She's a fucking cunt. She's draining me dry. And if I don't come see you, she's going to drain me more dry and make me perceived as a piece of shit. So all because of you, all because of you, I hate your mother. But you know what? I'll always love you, and I hope you always will with me. And that's episode 88 of the Off and Beat podcast. Uh, like and subscribe. Um, don't forget to follow the Spotify, leave a review. Podcast episode's a little bit better than the last one, but hey, uh, hopefully I didn't tip the scales. <laughs> Always turn left. Um, don't be the guy that uh, backs up in the drive-thru. When has backing up in the drive-thru ever worked out for you? Now's not the time to work on your agile feet. You know what? Keep moving forward. Run forward. Don't be that guy that runs backwards on a treadmill. You want to run backwards in drills and on the track. That's cool. You look a little weird, but hey, there's actually a physical purpose for athletic ability and just life and just strengthening tendons. If you're running backwards on the treadmill, like honestly, I, I hope you flip like an armadillo and then I hope you roll into one of those squeeze bottles that are supposed to spray down the fucking treadmills and equipment. I hope you squirt your eye. And then I hope when you go to the doctor, they say, hey, you're going to have to lose an eye. And then you're like, fuck. So then you go home and the Red Rider BB gun that you got your kid for Christmas. It's like, hey, daddy, look. And he's like, no, don't point that. You're going to shoot your eye out, kid. And he just shoots your other eye out, kid. And says, I want to be like Alec Baldwin one day. And he's like, well, you are. He's like, but I want to be on 30 Rock. And he's like, I'm about to throw 30 Rocks on your fucking face. Because your mom, I fucking hate her. And don't forget to suck some titties. And make it all worthwhile. Have a great day. Do, 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 do. Hey Arnold Palmer, can you suck my sweet tea lemonade? I know you got AIDS, squeezing lemons in your eye.